Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am Steven Serta. You can follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. It's week 15. The, I guess, like conference championship round of your of your fantasy playoffs for most of you. Uh, hopefully you had success in round one or hopefully you had a first round bye and you didn't have to worry about it. All leagues I had first-round buys in, I absolutely crushed it last week, which means I'm probably going to lose this week. But I'm still going to set my lineup and hope for the best, and we're going to try to help you guys do the same thing. I'm joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dusty Likens. Dusty, hopefully uh, week 14 was kind to your fantasy teams. Uh, Certainly it was more than kind. Uh, It was fantastically kind. Uh, Put up about 140. Had big games from Kenyon Drake. Didn't want to start him, but did because the quad injury had me nervous. DK, typical DK game. You know who did it for me? My guy, Mike Davis. The biggest, clutchest guy in the league yeah, last week. Uh, had a pretty decent game against the Denver Broncos. And what a uh, what a shootout game that was because the Christian McCaffrey uh, Karras wheel or whatever you want, a carousel, keeps continuing to run. So uh, Mike Davis came in clutch. Your boy is in the uh, in the championship game once again. In fact, it's a rematch of last year's in my league, so I'm going for a three-peat and uh, some cash money. It is weird that you're in a league that has a Week 15 championship, but we don't really need to get... We get, don't mess with the last two weeks yeah. of the season. Too we don't need to on. get that into it. It's No, I mean, it's smart. I still... Uh, I was talking to Ryan Wachowski of Fesco in the morning, and he said that he still has a Week 17 championship because the league refuses Ugh. to change it. I told him I would quit that league. 100%. If, 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 if I were him, if they refused to change it, because that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but you just mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Matt Rule said yesterday, he told reporters, that it's probably unlikely that Christian McCaffrey plays this week, uh, which is a mega bummer because you were holding out hope uh, he, you know, he had the bye week in week 13. He didn't play last week. And you really thought, you know, if you were in a situation like I was in one of my, in the only league where I have Christian McCaffrey, I was on bye last week. So I was like, okay, an extra week for him to rest, uh, get his legs back and he'll be good to go for these last two weeks to try to get me a fantasy title. Uh, it sounds like he's not going to go. Unfortunately, that's not a league where I have Mike Davis, um, who had two touchdowns last week. Dusty already mentioned him. 
came up huge for your fantasy squad. Um, I mean, if you have Mike Davis and you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, good for you. Um, he's going to be in play this week. He's He's got to be in your lineup moving forward just because he's going to get the volume and he's going to get the opportunities. He hasn't been uh, quite as good recently. He did have the two touchdowns last week, but didn't put up a ton of yards. And, you know, he was putting together huge PPR games early on in the season. The back half of the season, it really hasn't been the same for Mike Davis, but he's just getting too much opportunity for you to bench him. He does have a tough matchup this week against Washington. Uh, we saw what they did last week. Part of the reason I advanced in one league where I had no, no, no business no, no. They being play in the Green playoffs. Bay. They play Green Bay this week. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I was looking at the, uh, was looking at the wrong <laughs> schedule. Uh Okay, they play Green Bay this week, so that's that's good a much bet. That's a good matchup. Uh, week sixteen is Washington. It's a very tough matchup. So yes, deploy Mike Davis this week. <laughs> uh, absolutely, put him in your lineup. That is actually a Saturday game too. Saturday at seven fifteen. Uh, also have the Bills and Broncos Saturday at three thirty. So we can get into those games a little bit more uh, throughout the podcast. Uh, but where where we should start? The Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders Thursday night football. Dusty, how do you feel about this game? Because it does actually have quite a bit of fantasy implications. A uh, big game. I mean, Derek Carr's been pretty stellar this year as a streamer option. Uh, I know maybe you got a little lucky with him last week with Derek Carr. We talked about him on uh, Sunday because uh, there was no fantasy show, but everybody that's listening to this, Steven Sir is back. Next week on 610 Sports Radio on Sunday at 9 a.m. Um, but uh, Derek Carr, uh, he's he's got he's got potential to be a good streamer this week against that Los Angeles Chargers team. It's a Thursday night game, so I know them sometimes those can get those can get a little funky. But man, Carr, uh, I think I'm pretty sure Henry Ruggs just went on the COVID list this week. You've also got Josh Jacobs, who kind of maybe screwed you last week. I'm sorry if you're out of the playoffs because of that. I know there's a couple of people that reached out and asked if we should start him, and we said yes. Uh, he's just a – you have to start Josh Jacobs every week if he's available. But uh, I'm really keeping my eye on Nelson Aguilar, who's had decent games the last three weeks, which is weird uh, because it didn't work in Philadelphia. And if you want to flip the other side, sir, I know you're better at explaining things than I can because I just go very, very fast. But – I think Austin Eckler's a good play this week. I think Justin Herbert's a good play this week. Mike Williams should be a good play this week. But also, I'm just telling people, keep your eye on Nelson Aguilar. If he's available in your league, go pick him up and think about it for Thursday. Yeah, I think this game is huge for a lot of fantasy matchups. Most of you, if you're in the playoffs, you're probably not starting Derek Carr like I am in this fantasy league. It's unbelievable that I... I'm in the playoffs in this league. I lost Saquon Barkley. I lost Dak Prescott. I've been dealing with injuries to Julio Jones. Last week, I didn't have Julio Jones. I didn't have DJ Moore. I didn't have Antonio Gibson. I didn't have Miles Gaskin. And I still managed to piece together a win, uh, partially due to the Washington defense scoring two defensive touchdowns. And Derek Carr having a very nice game against the Colts, uh, despite the fact they got blown out uh, in real-life football. Um Derek Carr's got back-to-back 300-yard games. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns against the Jets. He threw for two touchdowns against the Colts last week. He did throw two picks. Uh, but he also had a rushing touchdown in each of those games. Both those games come following the Atlanta game, 
where he got absolutely shut down and the Raiders got absolutely embarrassed by uh, that Atlanta defense. And we'll talk about them a little bit more. Atlanta isn't this, like, just start everybody matchup that everybody thinks they are anymore. I, I know early on in the season they were. They've actually been playing really well, and teams have been really struggling to score against them. Uh, but then you go back to, as far as the Chiefs matchup, Derek Carr, uh, another 275, three touchdowns. We remember what he did in that game. He looked good in that game. He's been a very solid fa- fantasy quarterback this year. And so I do think you can start him here against the Chargers. The Chargers secondary and defense overall uh, just has not been as good as it was last year. Now they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, and they obviously don't have Derwin James again. Um there's still a, a formidable defense, and I, I still have problems trusting the Raiders and Derek Carr. Uh, but I totally understand if you don't have any other options, and that's where you got to go. Uh, that's how I am in one league. Like I don't have a choice. It's either Derek Carr or Cam Newton because rosters are locked, and we're not we're not picking up any other players. So uh, I I'm rolling with Derek Carr and hoping for the best. Uh, as far as Josh Jacobs goes, I, I think you still got to play him. Um, he, he's been kind of disappointing this year. Everybody was expecting him to take this huge jump. I I think Josh Jacobs is a good player. I don't think Josh Jacobs is necessarily an elite NFL running back. Uh, Darren Waller is going to be in your lineup each and every week. Although he did have kind of a, he didn't have a great game against the Chargers early in the season, but I believe he did catch a touchdown. So he still salvaged his fantasy day. Uh, they haven't been a particularly good matchup for tight ends. And you mentioned Nelson Aguilar. He's been the most consistent wide receiver for the Raiders this season. Uh, When he gets volume, he's been producing in fantasy, so he can be in your lineup this week. Uh, As far as the Chargers go, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, uh, all locks. Hunter Henry's a little banged up, but you don't have anybody better, uh, in in my opinion, to put in your lineup. So if he's good to go, uh, you got to get him in your lineup. Uh, I'm not putting Mike Williams in my lineup. I recommended starting Mike Williams last week because I thought – the Chargers were going to have a nice bounce-back game uh, after getting blanked by the Patriots. I thought against the Falcons that Herbert could do some damage, even though that defense had been playing better. And they did not put up, have much of a improvement uh, compared to the Patriots game. And Mike Williams had zero catches. And so I, I can't tell you to put Mike Williams back into your lineup in the fantasy postseason coming off of a zero-catch, zero-yard game. Uh but you saw what Jonathan Taylor did to the Raiders' defense last week. Austin Eckler is an absolute must-start, and Austin Eckler's been fantastic since coming back from injury. Yeah, this is just one of those games, too, that, you know, when you look at the schedule and you look at who's who, um, now the Raiders are at home. Now the Raiders played the Colts last week at home, and Jonathan Taylor torched them. And it wasn't like he was doing anything spectacular or special. It's just that... This seems like a game in which it could have a potential um, for, you know, a 33-28 type of game, or hell, it could even be like a 35-31 type of game because we are late in the season. So I'm with you, Serta. This has a lot of explosiveness. I know that we've got a lot of more action to go on to, but you've nailed all the guys. This is one of those games. And then again, it's a Thursday night game, so it could be like 17-9, and we just get it completely wrong. Yeah. And it's a divisional game, and these games yeah. tend to never play out how you think they're going to on paper. But uh, let's hope that uh, that's not the case. Let's let's hope that uh, there there is some fantasy scoring here, and that it, it is a good game uh, between two 
AFC West opponents and two teams that are trying to get better and trying to uh, inevitably challenge the Chiefs in that division. Uh, but I want to take a look at the Saturday games, the Buffalo Bills at the Denver Broncos. Bills coming off a huge win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Josh Allen looks great. Uh, well, he wasn't great in the first half, but he really put it together in the second half, wound up with a uh, strong fantasy performance. He's still got to be in your lineup moving forward. Uh, Stefan Diggs, huge game against the Steelers, 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a good game. I actually told you you could start Cole Beasley last week because uh, slot wide receivers were having the most success against the Steelers uh, compared to any other uh pass-catching position. Uh, Cole Beasley, five catches, 41 yards. He did have 10 targets, though. And so I, I think that Cole Beasley is still like a, a, a fringe flex player if you need to go there, if you're thin at wide receiver. Uh, I, I'm not really trusting anybody else in this Bills offense. Uh, Zach Moss had 13 carries last week, but he didn't do anything with it. Devin Singletary still had seven carries. He didn't do anything with it. Nobody in that backfield's producing. producing. Uh, you can't really trust any other... Any, any of these other wide receivers, because it, it's Gabriel Davis one week, it's uh, Isaiah McKenzie the next week who's getting involved. You can't trust any of those guys. As far as the Broncos, Drew Locke's coming off of a, a huge game against the Carolina Panthers uh, where he had 280 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, sadly, Jerry Judy was not very involved in that. I don't know why Drew Locke hates Jerry Judy. Uh, there's a couple of plays where you could see Jerry Judy just running wide open down the field, and Drew Locke doesn't even look his way. Uh, hopefully, Jerry Judy gets things turned around next year. I think it's going to be better once they have Cortland Sutton back. And you know, Noah Fant, I think, is a really, really talented tight end, but he's been really banged up this season and battling a lot of injuries. Uh, he did absolutely nothing for your fantasy team last week, unfortunately. Um, and he was a guy that I was starting in in more than one league. And the Bills are a pretty tough tight end matchup, so no offense, probably a guy I'm trying to avoid this week uh, coming off the zero last week. Uh, I'm not chasing the points with K.J. Hamler, but Tim Patrick does seem to have the safest floor of anybody in this offense. Melvin Gordon's injured. There's also a chance he gets suspended at some point because he had a DUI that he just went to court for and, and generally uh, we, we've seen in the past that those suspensions come out pretty quick after the court cases, um, after they make their appearance for the court cases. So there's a chance he winds up getting suspended for the rest of the season. Um, so keep an eye on that. I think Melvin Gordon's still in play if he is active in, if he winds up being active in your lineup. Otherwise it's the Phil Lindsay show. Yeah. And I think that Phil Lindsay is a decent streamer this week for those of you that do have you know, the Christian McCaffrey problem, or you have a bad matchup with a team like, let's say you're really dependent on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and he's going up against the Saints this week, which we can get into that game obviously a little bit later. But I think if you can look at what teams can do to the Buffalo Bills, don't look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers did because the Pittsburgh Steelers are just refusing to run the ball. They're averaging 38 yards per game. Uh, in their last four games running the ball. Now, part of that's because they had to have James Conner. The other part about that is because Ben Roethlisberger is so damn stubborn and he just wants to throw the ball. But this is a game in which I think you could stream Philip Lindsay very effectively. Other than that, oh, man, it's very, it's very, very slim for Denver. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that uh, I you know I don't expect the Broncos to win this game by any means. The the Bills are playing well right now. Uh, they're a hot team. Josh Allen's playing really well. 
I, I think it's a tough matchup, but it should be a, a decent game, hopefully, that we'll uh, get to sit down and check out on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Saturday evening, the Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we just talked about it. Mike Davis, obviously in play, if I get the schedule right. Uh, this is a very favorable matchup for opposing fantasy running backs. The Packers' running run defense has been terrible all season long. Sounds like Christian McCaffrey's not going to go here. Uh, there is hope, however, that DJ Moore is going to be back. He was he did not play last week because he was placed on the COVID list. Curtis Samuel did come back last week. He wound up with a nice game. Robbie Anderson a little bit disappointing. Um, Robbie Anderson still has a really safe PPR floor, so I think you could still put him into your lineup. Uh, if, you, if you're feeling confident about the rest of your lineup and you just need a guy who's going to get you like a safe 10 PPR points, then Robbie Anderson's your guy. DJ Moore um, and Curtis Samuel obviously going to be much higher upside guys. DJ Moore probably, I, it's probably going to be between DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson who sees the most of Jair Alexander, which is a tough matchup. I think I'd still play DJ Moore this week just because of his upside because we've seen this season with him. It just takes one play, one play to break down for him to take a touchdown all the way. I still like DJ Moore here. Obviously, you're playing Rodgers. Obviously, you're playing Devontae Adams. I think at this point, obviously, you're playing Robert Tunyon. And uh, I think you got to play Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones has has been a little bit disappointing since coming off the uh, calf injury. Yeah, when it comes to Robert Tunyon, I think he's, what, the fourth-ranked tight end, maybe the third-ranked tight end in fantasy football this year. He's a stud. And the thing is, when you think of Aaron Rodgers and the way that he is scoring and the way that he is having this MVP-type season, they're getting a lot of touchdowns with Devontae Adams from at least 30 yards out. Devontae Adams is an absolute stud. He's going to be productive every week because the target shares are just way too high. And for once, Devontae Adams has been healthy for a full year, and you're seeing what a healthy full season of Devontae Adams looks like, and it's pretty damn good. Um, Robert Tunyon is the guy 10 yards and in. He's the third down guy. And as much as Green Bay is throwing this season, which is a little bit different than last year because Aaron Jones was basically their number one offensive weapon other than Devontae Adams. But Rodgers is throwing the ball a little bit more this season, which which kind of sounds contradicting. But when they do throw it, it's Devontae Adams' target number one. Now, Lazard and, and Valdez-Scantling are getting a little bit of the other targets, but Robert Tonyan is getting the other main focal points of targets from Aaron Rodgers. So if you've got him on your roster, he's a must-start every week. He's a good plug in it tied in. He's been an absolute stud, and he's a touchdown warrior. I think he scored a touchdown in three of the last four, and he gets a lot of catches for targets that he gets thrown to, and he doesn't drop a lot of passes. So he's a he's a really solid play this week. Yeah, and I don't think you can trust uh, MVS or Alan Lazard. You know, Alan Lazard yeah. showed, showed some serious fantasy promise early in the season. Then he had the injury, and they've just been kind of bringing him back slow. He hasn't been that involved in the offense. He hasn't been getting enough playing time. MVS has been getting more snaps, and MVS did have a good game last week, but the previous week he was blanked. Previous week he only had three catches, like, and so they're both too up and down for me to trust this late into the season. I do think you could probably still start Jamal Williams here uh, with some fantasy upside. He did have 10 carries last week, didn't do much with it. 
uh, and Aaron Jones had the had the bulk of the carries, but they're still basically splitting time. And so I don't know if it's you know Aaron Jones had the injury, and now uh, the Packers coaching staff has decided that they want him to split more time with Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams has been productive with his snaps for the most part this year. So I think both those guys are guys you could potentially start uh, with some fantasy upside this week. Another matchup I want to take a look at, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so this this matchup is intriguing. The Bucks came back from their bye last week. Uh, uh, Pete Sweeney's probably mad at me because I told him I thought he could start Antonio Brown last week because I thought coming off the bye, they had been forcing the ball to Antonio Brown a little bit and trying to get him more involved in the offense. Then after the bye... He had his lowest snap share since becoming a buck. And he he did wind up with a few catches and some targets, which means Brady was targeting him when he was on the field. He just wasn't running that many routes. And so it it seems like he hasn't been productive. He hasn't done much since he became a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You can't start Antonio Brown moving forward, uh, just period. It's, It's Godwin, it's Evans, it's Gronk, it's Ronald Jones, it's Tom Brady. That's about it unless you're taking a deep, deep dart throw on on Scott Miller. And they have not played the Atlanta Falcons so far this year. They play again in Week 17. I mentioned this Atlanta Falcons defense has been a lot better than most people realize. Teams have really been struggling to score against them. And it's kind of frustrating because they used to just be a plug-and-play matchup. The problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the problem that's been moving forward. They put together a, what do you want to call this? They put together a team of superstars during a pandemic season with a coach that is really showing his true colors of arrogance and a quarterback who's out here to just give middle fingers to the rest of the league that said he couldn't continue to play football at a dominant level. The Bucks are a 10-win team. They have an easy schedule moving forward. They have a lot of what matchups you would think are great, but they just don't produce. Like Mike Evans has been terrible this year. Chris Godwin's been bad this year because he's been injured. And Antonio Brown is showing you exactly what happens when you take time off of a football season. When you don't play, you lose so much ground in this league. He had a perfect matchup last week. It didn't work out. He's got a good matchup this week. Spoiler alert. It's not going to work out. There are too many hands and not enough footballs, and Tom Brady's going to the well with what he knows works. He's going to throw to Scotty Miller, who is a slot receiver that he tends to always throw to. I would say start Scotty Miller this week if you have him on your team. He had a touchdown last week. He had a decent game last week. Also, he's going to throw it to Gronk when they get in the red zone. Sir and I talked about this early on in the season, that he was throwing to Mike Evans like he would throw to Gronkowski. It seems like Gronk is finally back in like football shape and football form in the last couple weeks. And now Tom Brady has just said, the hell with it. I'm going back to what I know. I'm hitting slot receivers that I can trust, a.k.a. little white dudes with a little bit of speed. And I'm going to hit Gronk in the end zone. Gronk had a touchdown last week. Scotty Miller had an effective game last week. They play Atlanta this week for the first time. Atlanta's a team that's very similar to Tampa Bay when it comes to, you know, Talent on the field, types of quarterbacks, and here we go again. We're going to have another NFC South matchup that has a lot of potential. I just don't know if you can trust these guys in Tampa. So I want to take a victory lap on Ronald Jones really quick because 
I like Ronald Jones as a player. I think he was a talented running back. And uh, a lot of the fantasy world was, you know, assuming Leonard Fournette was just going to take his job because, you know, Ronald Jones just wasn't that good and he can't catch and he drops the football and he fumbles and stuff like that. Ronald Jones, this appears to be his backfield. Leonard Fournette was a healthy inactive last week. Ronald Jones has got 900 rushing yards on the year. He's got six rushing touchdowns. He's also got a receiving touchdown. Uh, Ronald Jones has been a productive fantasy asset for your team this year and should be moving forward. And with Leonard Fournette being a healthy inactive for the Bucks coming out of a bye week, that means that they're just like, all right, Leonard, you're you're just not showing up to work or you know, it's just not working. You're not figuring things out. Jones is going to be the guy, and we're not going to play this game anymore. But Ronald Jones also injured his finger last week. He is going to have finger surgery this week. He could have a couple of pins put in his finger. If you remember uh, not, a few weeks back, Chris Godwin had finger surgery, and he had a couple of pins put in his finger. He did miss a week because of that. He came back the following week, and then he had the pins removed a few weeks later. Um but you're going to have to pay attention to that because that is worrisome if Ronald Jones winds up missing. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he's good to go. But as I mentioned, this Falcons defense is a lot better than you realize. They're actually a top five defense against opposing fantasy running backs this season, at least on the ground. So they give up a lot of receptions to fantasy running backs, but they have been shutting running backs down on the ground basically all year. And a lot of that is Grady Jarrett and Grady Jarrett just being uh a super underrated NFL superstar. But it's going to be tough for the Bucks to run in this game, I would imagine. So I, I don't know. If, if Ronald Jones, I'm paying attention to, to his status as we move further throughout the week. If he's good to go, I'm still putting him into my lineup. But I'm just letting you know, the Falcons have really shut down running backs this season. Ronald Jones did have the receiving touchdown against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. So that's promising. Hopefully he can get involved in the game there, especially if Leonard Fournette's a healthy and active again. Uh, for the Falcons, I don't trust Matt Ryan. Same as same status as last week. I do not trust him unless Julio Jones plays. Now, he wound, he wound up still managing to get Calvin Ridley a very productive fantasy day last week. Calvin Ridley, lock in your lineup moving forward without thinking about it. Hopefully Julio Jones is good to go. This Buck secondary has struggled a little bit recently. They're, they're still a talented secondary, but where they struggle is with guys that are fast and can beat you downfield. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones can both do that if Julio Jones is 100% healthy. I don't know if that's going to be the case. There's no way he's going to practice at all this week. It's going to be like it has been basically every week this year with Julio where it comes down to game day. Is he going to be good to go? I hope he is because I want Julio Jones in my lineup Wherever I have him, he's an incredible player. As far as uh, the Falcons' running game goes, I'm just staying away from Todd Gurley, Edo Smith, Brian Hill, whoever the hell's in that backfield. And I don't trust Hayden Hurst at all anymore. No, I think that if you want to think about what Calvin Ridley can do against this Buck defense, I'm not saying he's Tyree Kill, but he's got a little bit of a similar skill set. He's fast. He runs routes pretty well. He ball tracks pretty well. He proved me right last week. We talked about this. We said, hey, if this is going to be a time moving forward when Julio Jones isn't going to be a wide receiver on this team anymore or he's not going to be in the league anymore, Cal Ridley's got to put the big boy pads on. He did that last week, had great numbers. Matt Ryan targeted, found him very well last week. This is a game in which if Tampa tries to do that again where they play a, you know, a one-man over-the-top 
single coverage. Matt Ryan will find that. Matt Ryan will exploit it. And Cal Ridley is going to be the guy to do that. So this is a big, big Cal Ridley week again. And we talk about it when it comes to the playoffs. You've got to hit on matchups. Cal Ridley in every league, start him, let him go. I see a lot of production for Cal Ridley this week. I also think this is a good game for Matt Ryan. The Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this game quietly has some guys who have been fantasy studs over the last couple of weeks. And it's not the guys that you're assuming, I I would imagine. Um, Mitch Trubisky has been playing well, and he's been putting up fantasy points. And now this is a very favorable matchup against the Minnesota Vikings secondary that has been a little bit better recently but has struggled all year. Uh, Mitch has been playing okay. And he's been getting the ball to Allen Robinson. That's all he needs to keep doing. Uh, I like Allen Robinson. I like Mitch here. If you're really struggling at the quarterback position and you need and you need to just throw a Hail Mary, uh, I think you could do worse than Mitch Trubisky this week. Uh, and David Montgomery, Vikings run defense has been pretty good this year. It hasn't been as good over the past couple of weeks. Dave Montgomery's had back-to-back monster games, so I think he's just got to be in your lineup. Uh, I don't really trust anybody else on this Bears offense. Uh, but the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook last week, uh, a lot of people were saying they'd bench him against the Tampa Bay run defense, which has been elite all season long. Uh, but Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook. He still wound up having a very good fantasy day, having over 100 yards against the Bucks. It wasn't they, – they didn't get it easy, but they still got it done. He still did what he needed to do for your fantasy team. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins did not have good days last week. As soon as you were starting to trust Kirk Cousins – because he had been having monster fantasy outing after monster fantasy outing. As soon as you try to trust him in the fantasy postseason, uh, he really struggles, and it hurts Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Bears' pass defense has been good all year. Run defense is still solid. You still start Cook. You still start Thielen. And I think you can still start Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, when this team played about a month ago, Justin Jefferson had eight catches on 10 targets for 135 yards. Justin Jefferson's a stud. Sometimes this happens. Kirk Cousins didn't have a good game. I think you can still go back to Justin Jefferson with confidence this week. Yeah, I think you just have to look at overall numbers this year. Like, Allen Robinson's a stud. You start him no matter what. I mean, he has 128 targets this year. Since Mitchell Trubisky's been back, he's almost been playing with, like, a vendetta. Like, he has to prove something, which he does. Otherwise, he's not going to be in this league much longer. But Trubisky this year has 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. A quiet, sneaky, decent year for a guy that everybody wrote off uh, this entire year. I'm with you. Dalvin Cook's a must-start. Dave Montgomery's a must-start. Kirk Cousins, if you're streaming quarterbacks or you need somebody to step up in a matchup, I don't know if this is the best matchup since the last time these two teams played. I think the score was like 19-14 to or 19-13 not too long ago. Um, this is another one of those division matchups that could be just like that. But even though there might not be a lot of scoring, there could be a lot of targeting and catching and racked up yards. So this is one of those games that may not look like an explosive football game, but there's a lot of fantasy value out there because of Thielen, Jefferson, Cousins, Cook, Montgomery, Robinson, sneaky play from Trubisky because he can always maybe sneak you in a rushing touchdown. And Kirk Cousins, when these teams played a month ago, he had 292 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, both those touchdowns went to Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson both had big fantasy days against the Chicago Bears secondary. So I, I think they're still in play. If you if you were able to 
survive Adam Thielen's lack of output last week or Justin Jefferson's lack of output last week, I'm going to put both of them back into my lineup this week and hope for the best. I think they can still find a way to produce against the Chicago Bears. Uh, It is a Vikings home game, if that matters at all at this point. Uh, The Jaguars at the Ravens. Sounds like Gardner Minshew, the stash, is going to be back in this one, Dusty. It's about time. Like, I don't know what in the hell they were doing letting our guy out because, Serdan, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you your time. They were tanking. They were. Plain and simple. That, that's very true. And I had a little moment for you. Like, I almost went down on two knees, put the hands in the prayer motion because you're giving up on your guy. You're giving up on DJ Shark. And I don't want you to do that because he's your fantasy find. And he's a good guy to have, but obviously they were tanking. They weren't doing what they wanted to do, but here's the thing. The stash is back, which means DJ Shark is back, baby. I hope so. I hope so, because it's been bad. It's been really bad. So (laughs) he's missed games due to injury this year. He's been banged up basically all season. He had that game on November 8th against the Texans where he had seven catches for 146 yards and a touchdown, including a 73-yard touchdown. Uh, Since then, he does not have a game with more than four receptions or more than 56 receiving yards and has not scored. It's been brutal for DJ Chark. I love him as a talent. I think he's a really talented player, and I think that he's, you know, in dynasty formats, he's only 24 years old. Hopefully the the Jags take Justin Fields with the number two pick in the NFL draft, and they get him a quarterback because I think that he is a number one wide receiver with loads of talent. Um, And it's frustrating because, honestly, if you've been playing DJ Chark each and every week, I I find it hard to believe that you're still alive in in your fantasy playoffs. And even with Gardner Minshew back, I might go back to Chark at some point. But it's not going to be this week. Not not against the Baltimore Ravens. I, I know the Baltimore Ravens just gave up 42 points to the Cleveland Browns, but the Jags are not the Browns. This team is nowhere near as talented as the Browns are. The Browns have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They were giving the Ravens all kinds of problems on Monday Night Football in, in a fantastic game. Um, you know, I think the only Jaguar you can start here is James Robinson, and it's just going to be because of the volume, although James Robinson had – one of his worst games of the season last week. You know, I can't be more happy that James Robinson had one of his worst games of the week last week because I went up against James Robinson. Obviously, nobody cares. Um, but he's still a guy that you plug in every single week. You have to play James Robinson. He's been too consistent. He's been too good this year not to play James Robinson. And and I get it's a tough matchup. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe Baltimore's figured it out. I don't know. There's a lot of guys on Baltimore that it's an interesting matchup to think about, and we can get to the other side of the football with Baltimore because I've got some some action in that as well. But, yeah, I think that you have to think about maybe this is the Jacksonville Jaguar team that they thought they'd have in week one through week three with Gardner Minshew, with James Robinson, with DJ Sharp. And also, like, James Robinson's game last week, you know, Tennessee, it was a blowout. He still had 12 carries for 67 yards. So it wasn't like a horrendously bad performance. He was getting the yards per attempt, 
They just didn't run the football, and, and he only had four catches in the passing game for 16 yards, where that's also where a lot of his upside has come this season is in the passing game. Uh, I think James Robinson's going to be fine, even in a tough matchup. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just put up monster games against this Ravens defense, and I'm not saying the Jags are going to do that, but we know James Robinson is going to get tons of opportunity and touches here, so he's still going to be in my fantasy lineup. Um, for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, I, I'm back to trusting Lamar Jackson. I feel like that game against the Browns was kind of a a, a turn it on game. We we got to win out to go make the playoffs, and the the Ravens have a very favorable schedule moving forward the rest of the season to win out and make the playoffs. I, I think they are still a playoff team. I think Lamar is going to be really valuable down the stretch if you still manage to make the fantasy postseason with him as your starting quarterback. Um, J.K. Dobbins is a go for me this week again. He he led the team in touches. He did find the end zone last week against against the Browns. Uh, he's getting you know over sixty percent of the rushes now. Mark Ingram did not register a single touch against the Browns, which is incredible. J.K. Dobbins is in the lineup moving forward. He does still have to worry about Gus Edwards, who also got I believe over ten touches, had two touchdowns, which. But that's more manageable, right? Like, the Ravens' offense can feed two fantasy-viable running backs. It's when they're splitting it three ways that you can't do anything with that because you're talking about, like, seven touches a game. If you're getting over ten touches a game, I can mess with you. I can put you in my lineup. And I'm putting J.K. Dobbins in my lineup moving forward. I think I'm probably going to put Gus Edwards in my lineup moving forward. And this is a game where it should be a blowout. So I think Hollywood Brown can be in your lineup this week. They should put up a bunch of points on the Jags, and I think Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are both fantasy viable. Yeah, this was one of those big games last week uh, that to me was an eye-opener for this Baltimore offense because they went back to their roots. And you can hear the, you know, as Kyrie Irving called them, the pawns, I guess, or whatever you want to say. Uh, the, the Ravens went back to their bread and butter. Lamar Jackson, nine for 124. J.K. Dobbins, 13 for 53. Gus Edwards, seven for 49. The only difference is Dobbins had one touchdown. Gus Edwards had two. So where Gus Edwards is really valuable is inside the five, it would appear, because they're just letting him pound the rock. Now he had one of those touchdowns where it could have gone either way. They reviewed it. His elbow was down, but the ball had crossed the plane. But I'm with you, Serta. I am now firmly a believer in the J.K. Dobbins uh, production moving forward. Mark Ingram has officially been uh, misplaced. He's no longer in there. In fact, uh, McSorley had more touches than Mark Ingram in this game, and nobody knows who the hell that guy is. Um, Trace. But, yeah. No, I mean, of course you do. You're, you're a nerd. Um, but the thing is, is that I'm with you. I'm on the J.K. Dobbins train. J.K. Dobbins is in line to have a pretty decent, if not a really good game this week against Jacksonville. They do have an easy schedule moving forward. So those of you that held on to him, you have to also look at Dobbins' last few games when it comes to fantasy output. Now, I'm not saying that everybody plays ESPN or everybody has the same league as I do or full-point PPR because J.K. Dobbins isn't going to give you um, PPR numbers that are going to be effective because he just doesn't catch the ball. But in ESPN standard full-point PPR league, the last three weeks, 18.5, 13.1, 13.3. J.K. Dobbins shouldn't be your number one running back, 
but J.K. Dobbins can put up number two running back numbers, or if you have another guy that pairs well like that, like a guy that can get 13 to 15, J.K. Dobbins 13 to 15, you can win championships with running back production like that, and J.K. Dobbins is trending that way, and he's been consistent. The last game before we get out of here, and I will, uh, and of course, I'll be on 610 Sports Radio this Sunday for the final fantasy football Sunday of the year at 9 a.m. I will have the rest of the matchups covered for you there. But we got to talk about the Chiefs and the Saints. Uh, it sounds like Drew Brees probably not going to go in this game. Uh, so it's going to be Taysom Hill yet again. Your guy. Uh, He's not my guy. I, I don't think he's a talented football player. Uh, I hate Sean Payton. I'm still mad that we are not going to see Jameis Winston. Although there's a chance we see Jameis Winston in this game because I think this is going to be a Chiefs blowout. I think the Chiefs are going to show up for this one. I think that's part of why they kind of played down to Miami last week. And, and it's because they know the Saints are coming. And and that that's a, you know, that's if you want to believe it, they're the best team in the NFC. I don't think they're quite there, especially not with Taysom Hill. Is their quarterback? Taysom Hill's not going to be able to put up enough points against the Chiefs secondary. Like, and the Chiefs secondary has been playing uh, much better. Tyron Matthew is now able to roam again with their with their cornerbacks uh, healthy. He is able to roam. He's able to make plays, and we've seen him do that uh, for the last three games. And so their secondary is going to be tough. So it's I think you still got to put Michael Thomas in. Um, you could take a chance on Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming off a good game, but Michael Thomas is still getting all the volume. I don't trust Jared Cook at all. Alvin Kamara in my lineup, that's about it for the Saints. I'm not going anywhere near Taysom Hill this week. The only thing I can disagree with all that is I think Jared Cook is a must-start. I mean, you saw what Gusecki did. He completely I – and mean, he's – It is a good a, matchup. The Chiefs are bad against yeah. opposing tight ends. Jared Cook, I would say, is a must-start this week. I know he's a frustrating player. A lot of you probably – Sit him when he when he scores, and then you play him when he doesn't. This is a week in which I think that you have to start Jared Cook, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and that's all I've got for that. And as far as the Chiefs go, I mean, start your start them all. Uh, the Saints defense is good, so it's a tough matchup for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, but he's still going to bring you a touchdown upside. So if you're thin at running back, you're still putting Clyde into your lineup, whether you're frustrated with him or not. Uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, all in your lineup. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in your lineup, and Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, as per usual, nothing more than a dart throw. Yeah, the only reason McCole Hardman had anything special last week was because he had the punt return. Don't let the points fool you. He got six on that, had a fumble, lost two points there. I'm with you. Sammy Watkins, if you're if you're desperate or you think this is maybe the game, eh, good luck. But other than that, the typical Chiefs, I'm with you, Serta. I see the Chiefs winning very, very big this week. Maybe start off a little little struggling, but uh, end up blowing him out. Look for Pat Mahomes to have four touchdowns this week because he's tired of people saying Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. We will be back next week, championship week. Uh, hopefully everybody's in their championships, and we're going to go win some money, and we're going to go win some fantasy titles. So let's do this. I'll talk to you guys Sunday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Steven Serta. He's Dusty Likens. Let's go win some football games. Be easy. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.